you could do all these things in your life to feel free. You could break up with people. You could fire people. You could become really self-centered, but you feel free and you're getting what you want. Or you could have the experience of freedom through more loving means. You could embody love and be like, okay, how would love be free? Love would go on vacation. Love would have a four-hour work week. Love would have flexible contracts. Love would just have really clear, kind conversations that help you get free. This is a Soul Fire production. You are listening to episode 139 of Yes Sand with me, Judy Holler. This episode is brought to you by our studio sponsor, Advocare. Yeah, baby, they are back in Advocare. If you're not familiar, they are a community that provides world-class products, education, and inspiration designed to help you look better, feel better, and perform better. Yes, and I'm down with that. All things this show is about too, which is why we're obsessed. So you can link up in the show notes to learn more and make sure you use the code FEELBETTER15. That's FEELBETTER15 for discounts and to support this podcast when you shop. And oh, by the way, that code is good for new and existing users. And while we're talking about Advocare, I've got a prize for you. If you review this podcast, take a photo, screenshot your review and email it to us at hello at judyholler.com. You will be entered to win a few of my favorite Advocare products. We will send them directly to you. We're going to pick a winner every month. We're actually going to pick two winners a month. So all you got to do, review the podcast, take a screenshot, email it to us. Hello at judyholler.com. Get entered to win a few of my favorite Advocare products. Winners selected twice a month. Okay, y'all. Did you know that my main job is working as a keynote speaker, taking all of these ideas to the main stage at events around the country and beyond? So I have multiple keynote speeches. And most of my conversations on stage are really about creating a world where regret has been removed from the conversation, right? How do we do that? How do we reframe fear and embrace failure so we can take more confident action? That's where my talks go. I have main stage keynotes, virtual talks, and of course, customized workshops, and, and if you are a podcast listener and refer any business that books, you will get paid $500. That's right. I will cash app you $500 for any keynote that actualizes. So if you have a sales meeting, annual conference, team training, virtual event, babe, reach out to me. Amanda on my team is at your service. You can catch her at amanda at judyholler.com or send me a DM on the Instagram or Use the links in the show notes to reach out. We can't wait to work with you and we want to reward you for all the love. All right, y'all. So excited to get into the content today. I've got Danielle Laporte on the show. Now, before I tell you who she is, um, I want to tell you, you know, you're going you're gonna to learn a lot today about virtues and values and the way fear shows up and how we can live more love-focused, heart-centered lives. And I think with everything going on in the world today, it's easy to feel like things are happening to us. And one thing we do not do not like in our community, in our world, in our energy, in our aura is this victim-based mindset, mentality. Um, we, don't, we don't play that. We don't play that because we know things are happening for us. We know 
that when something comes our direction, good, bad, or ugly, it is all aligned. It is all on purpose. And it is what we choose to do with that that truly determines our destiny. If you think it, you will begin to feel it. You will feel the energy of that thought. You will feel it and you will begin to believe it. You believe it and you will begin to see it because energy follows thought. Energy follows thought. Energy follows thought. So are you a victim to your life or are you driving your car? Are you steering the ship, right? Like, are you being about it? We talk about that today with Danielle and that quote I just read, energy follows thought, energy follows thought, energy follows thought. That is a quote by Danielle and it is something I have clipped out and taped to my computer, something I look at every day. So we're going there. Okay, so who is Danielle? Danielle Laporte is a member of Oprah's Super Soul 100 group, a group who, in Oprah's words, is uniquely connecting the world together with the spiritual energy that matters. Her most recent book, How to Be Loving When Your Heart is Breaking Open and the World is Waking Up, is also an audiobook and an ebook with a companion deck and journal. Danielle is the author of The Firestarter Sessions, The Desire Map, something I do every year, The White Hot Truth, and the producer of dozens of meditation kits and online programs for spiritual support. Her book, how to be loving when your heart is breaking open and the world is waking up is out now. Dee lives in Vancouver. Her podcast with love, Danielle often ranks in iTunes top 10 for wellness. And all of that is great. And basically she's a spirituality OG, but yo, if I had to sum her up in one word, it would be goddess <laughs> or blanket. And I talked to her about that on the show, but she just has, she's like a warm blanket. She has this peaceful presence with mad stoic vibes that just feels like a breath of fresh air. And for someone like me who runs really hot and high energy, it is refreshing as fuck. And I have a feeling you are going to love her as much as I do. So let's get to it. Here's my very timely and heart-centered conversation with my fellow Gemini sister, Danielle Laporte. As I was prepping for this interview and reviewing some of your beautiful marketing materials, the, the materials your team sent over are beautiful, incredible. On the very last page of this PDF document is actually something I want to begin with. So you wrote this, my life used to be guided by the question, how do I want to feel? feel? Like I built my career mm-hmm. on that with the desire map, but I began to notice that even if I wasn't experiencing my core desired feelings, I was still in touch with a greater purpose temporary unhappiness and the dark night of the soul didn't hold me back from helping a friend or feeling close to the divine. So a new question emerged. What do I want to embody? And the answer was love, love, no matter what. So Danielle, mm-hmm. yeah. we're going to unpack embodiment and, and how people can sort of tap into that. But what struck me was something different. And I think it's something that I'm moving through that maybe uh, some of my listeners may be struggling with. You changed. <laughs> You changed your mind. You changed a little bit of the direction. And I think so many of us have been doing something for so long that we've had this perspective, this identity that we've wrapped ourselves into for so long. We've almost put ourselves into a box. And like, what happens when we're in a box? We feel like we can't breathe. What happens when we feel like we can't breathe, Danielle? We, We panic. What happens when we panic? We lose control. Mm. 
So I ask you, like, aren't we supposed to evolve? Like, isn't change okay? And isn't transformation a part of the process? And is the terror of that like a little, a little bit okay? Like you changed your mind and you're here breathing, living to talk about it. Talk to me about changing your mind and transforming and sort of the evolution of you in itself, because a lot of people are afraid of that. They just stay where they are. Evolve or die. <sighs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's really it. What do you want? What, what do you want and what are you willing to do for it? So mm. um, I think it's part of our DNA. It's part of the, you know, it's the nature of the universe to evolve, to grow, to expand. Nothing is ever still. Even in stillness, there's a vibration. Even in patience, you know, patience is actually a very dynamic virtue. It's not, it's not static. And um, the alternative is, so this is ground, ground zero is like, we're meant to change. Mm -hmm. And if we don't change the soul, your spirit, the universe is going to force some change upon you, shake you up. And that usually comes wake up calls and breakups and blindsided Mm -hmm. and suffering. And so you know, suffering is this great thing because it gets you to the other side. You realize I'm radiant. I'm strong. I'm actually this. I'm not that. And, you know, we hear in the wellness space a lot about radiance. And I think like a lot of us just think, you know, it's like this exfoliant, uh, you know, and we get to shine and be dynamic and be strong and glowy and all those things. But radiance as a virtue, radiance is like really something that's embodied, is what happens when all the stuff that you aren't really Mm. gets burned away. And that can either get some kind of nuclear burning and your life falls apart, or you can really intentionally, you can commit, like, you know, dedicate to being awake. You're going to be yourself. You're going to peel back some layers. You're not your job. You're not your body. You're not your... You don't need the, do you need the purse? Do you need Mm. the guru? Do you need Mm. the religious identity? Do you need the house? Do you need the title? Do you need those things? Maybe you, you know, when you get clear on who you are and how you're going to serve, you keep lots of those things. But my experience is a lot of those things have to go. Yeah. And I think that terrifies so many of us because sometimes when the things have to go or the title we've put on ourselves or the job we've had or the home we lived in or the state we've lived in. Like, you know, that means sometimes people will go <laughs> because yes. people will not understand yes. your transformation. They may not like your transformation. Like mm-hmm. how are you as a, cause I know you've went through this. You have to have, I know you've gone through, I've listened to you. I'm a consumer. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a avid, um, I don't want to say fan because that almost feels less than what I feel like your work is to me. Like I am a student of your work, right? And uh, your work for me, like if I could sum it up in a in a, a phrase, it's like a warm blanket. Like when I'm having those days, I'm like, oh, I just need to like put Danielle's podcast in my ears. It's like this blankie, like this reminder, right? Um, so I have two questions here. Like how have you, first question, how have you handled losing things? in order to evolve and transform in the form of people, in the form of business decisions, in the form of 
homes and maybe material possessions, like whatever you've had to lose and surrender to this new mm-hmm. being that you feel like you need to step into. Like, how have you handled the loss of that? Like the people who are like, whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa. What's up with, Hello. what's up with the sequel? Like <laughs> sequin, what, where's this coming from? Like you, Nia, like all these new, how do you handle that? How do you handle the people that aren't, aren't down? Uh, well, there's two questions in there. So one, I don't, I don't see things as a loss. Like I really, mm. it's not my, I have team members come and go. Yes. There's been friends coming and going in the last couple of years because of differences of choices. Um, there are, there's business things that come and go, but you see like even my, in my language, it's a coming and a going. It's That's fluid. beautiful. Yeah. I don't feel like something, I never feel like something's being taken away from me. Yes. I really believe that the universe is friendly and that everything is for me to expand. Could be a little challenging. There might be some grief and some tears, um, might need to pivot, but I, there's, there's no regrets. Everything makes me Beautiful. more of who I am. Everything, I feel closer to God. I said peace out to this. I'm having deeper, intimate conversations over here. Yes, I yes. Let, I sunset that and I phase that out. Oh, my writing is more fluid. I sold my house. I gave up my car. I let go of, this is for real. I let go of most of my wardrobe and all my things. Yes. I got an ocean. I got a forest because I know it's just like, it's only cool. expanding. I'm not a victim. Life is not being done to me. Life is not happening outside of me. Mm-hmm. I am conscious as consciously as I can. I'm making choices every day to feel useful, to feel loving, to be kind, to be receptive to all the kindness around me. And then there's all this unconscious stuff because I'm not enlightened, um, where I say things that I regret. Um, I buy things and I think, why? I still think, why did I get, I just simplify my life. Why did I buy that? Um, and I know that that's all like stuff in my basement that still Mm. wants to feel a certain way and Uh be heard and seen and all that kind of stuff. I feel that on a soul level, like so there. And I love, you said two words uh, that I was really, and I really hope everybody's listening like that victim. You know, you're making a choice to see that things are happening for you instead of against you. The world is for you, not against you. Yes. And it sounds like you're also on a path. One of my big themes right now is to, in the constant conversation in business, I'm literally here in my office in team retreats. And it is literally like simplify your life, simplify the business, right? Because I love to add on and add on and add on. And I see the, I'm like, you know, I see the shiny thing and I want the new thing. So it's kind of refreshing for me to hear that you too still have a little bit of a basement. And, you know, even though you're on a path, you're on a path, you have basement Mm -hmm. vibes sometimes where you're like, well, shit, I thought I was supposed to simplify my life. And here I have just complicated things. You cannot simplify your life if you are not loving yourself. Oh, so because it's all the stuff we bring in, whether it's surface relationships, kind of junk food conversations, yes, glossy jobs, or, you know, all the stuff we all love the accoutrements and the, you know, 
the purse that's going to change everything the the branding i'm just if i just had a better website <laughs> i, I mean are you in our meetings <laughs> are you in our meetings <laughs> right, right if i just found another filter i would oh, feel seen and loved the way i want to um but unless there's mm. this practice there's this um kind of way of holding yourself in compassion you will never simplify yes you will always be looking for something to say look I'm worthy. Look, I did it. Look how, look, I'm bright. I'm smart. I'm important. I'm dynamic. I'm successful. And that's like more stuff. Um, When you're just like, I'm good no matter what. I'm good whether I lead or whether I follow. I'm good whether I meet my Q1 objectives. I am beloved no matter what I wear, what I own. All the silly things I've done, the hurtful things I've done to other people, to myself, I'm, I'm here. Something is holding me the fabric of life. I'm like, I don't even like to get into the conversation of worth unworth. I think it's a silly conversation, but, um, you get to, I'm going to be with, I'm not even going to abandon myself. And when you decide you're not going to abandon yourself. So all your shit is there and all your brilliance, and you're still there for all of it being loving then you start to realize, wow, I could simplify and I will get this peace. And peace is not that sexy in our culture. Yeah. We love productivity. We love, we love emojis. We love likes. We love dopamine. Hmm. Peace is counter to all of those things. But I can tell you from the degree of peace I have now, and I'm not done, but it is, uh, I think, more clearly, my conversations, my relationships, much more real, deep, and intimate. Mm. There's a, I mean, you know, peace is obviously the <laughs> opposite of stress, but yeah, you're more creative. You're more relaxed. Yeah. yeah. True. In flow. Um, so I've always wanted to ask you this, so I'm going to do it. Okay. You're a warm blanket. If I could describe you like the big sis I've never had, right? Mm-hmm. Like this warm blanket, like peaceful vibes. Um, talk about heart-centered thinking and energy. Like you can tell, right? This is you. How did you become the way that you are? Like, how, what were you like in high school? Like, what were you like? What kind of, what were you? And were you on palms? Were you in theater? Like, I need to know how this happened. Or did you come out of the womb, like, in a namaste? You know what I mean? Give me, give me. Well, in high school, I mean, with my double shoulder pads. And my mullet. And like, can we please have, I would love to see those come back. I saw someone rock a stage recently with a, a sequin double sh- shoulder padded blazer and I fell in love. I'm like, we can be friends. So I'm here well, for a shoulder pad. But anyway, back, back to the shoulder My son pad. is almost 19 and he came in with a mullet last week. And I was just like, they, they were bad then. It's coming They're bad back. now. Yeah. Why? Anyway, yes. Yeah. Yes. Save your stuff. We could go into it. Yeah, save your stuff, save your acid wash jeans and your double belt. Babe, those are you could put those on eBay. Like if you had Danielle, if you had one of your OG shoulder pad blazers from the eighties, you do you realize what you could yeah, sell them for on eBay? <laughs> anyway, uh, but like seriously, what were you like? Like I'm the same person now that I was in high school, but mm. more aware. I I was this kind of bridge. So it's like I love to hang out with the 
freaky weird kids in the cool. corner of the cafeteria and just like, you know, be there. And also, you know, I had the click, but a part of it was, you know, I left home. Technically I was a runaway. Oh. I left home when I was 16 and a girlfriend's family took me in. So I lived with this very different conservative, beautiful family throughout high school and essentially got disowned from my family. We've, we've mended, I mean, we mended decades ago, but um, that was me in high school. And I think, you know, I felt I've been curious my whole life. There had been some things on my side that things that wouldn't, you wouldn't think would be on your side, but my mom got knocked up in high school. So I had Mm. really young parents and that really worked for me. So I got exposed to a lot of stuff. My mom was reading, reading Wayne Dyer when I was like 12 years old, erogenous zones. And then Hay House when I was like, you know, here's Hay House and here's the Tibetan book of the dead. So there were those things. Cool. And then I think, you know, you come in with your Dharma, your path and, um, yeah, I feel closer to, feel closer to, Love. I feel more love than ever. I also feel like I just, I'm just a little speck. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you talk a lot about like value, the the two Vs, right? Two V words I like. We don't like the word victim, but I like values and I like virtues. But then I'm like, like, well, what's the difference? I want to know why you like, why do you like the word virtue? I'm actually kind of taking a survey right now. Ooh, okay. So I feel like virtues are the reason I like it. It's like, this is what I stand for. I could have this totally wrong, but like, this is what I stand for. And I would see a value as maybe something that I design my life around. But like the, the virtue is like, I root down, like this is the trunk of my tree. Like uh, I have a, de- a virtue of, so I could, this is why I'm asking the question. Cause I'm like, am I saying this right? Like, or is a value? So I value freedom, the ability to do work. I love the way I want with people that rock. But one of my virtues is maybe, um, feeling, um, I guess free, but free is a value. So this is where I get yeah. confused, okay. but I, so this is why I want to clarify the question because I want to know how to use them in my life the right way. But I feel like a virtue is something you stand for and a value is something that you use to design your life around. Okay. Probably wrong. Okay. Let's, let's talk start about with it. virtue. Let's throw down. Okay. That. So this is, we're more, going to school. Get your notebooks we're going out. Going to kids. school. This is one-on-one metaphysics on virtue. Legit grabbing a notebook. Okay. So a virtue is a state of consciousness, Aha. It's a state of being. So let's use love as an example. Love. Or you could use compassion or forgiving or resilience. State of okay. being. So love is not a feeling. Love is a higher vibration. So feelings, uh, I'm going to just like take a little detour for a second. Feelings all happen in the subconscious. This is lower chakra stuff. It's also our feelings are highly socially conditioned. We're taught what should make us angry, what should make us sad, happy, et cetera. And this is a big problem. <laughs> this is part of our waking up is like, this is the experience I'm having. This doesn't have to make me angry. It doesn't have to disappoint me. I don't even need to get happy about this. I could just stay rooted and joy and love. Okay. So wow. a, a helpful, I think a helpful visual is 
you imagine divine love. And I use divine love because love is so misused, misunderstood, all that. Divine love, the beingness, the stuff of the universe, Christ consciousness, lifeness, right? Mm. Everybody knows. Even if you don't cognitively get it, you're just like, I kind of, I feel this somehow that I can't put words yeah. to. Divine love is just this orb of light. It's this sun. It is solar power. And then from divine love, there's all these baby virtues. There's compassion and there's resilience and there's gentleness there's openness, there's generosity, there's gratitude. These can all be virtues, but they, it all goes back to source. It all goes back to divine love. Now, the difference between a virtue and a value is that you don't do a virtue. Mm. You don't act forgiving. You don't follow six steps so that you can get forgiveness done. You have to be forgiveness. You have to be this vessel for forgiveness. So forgiveness is in your thoughts. It's mm. in your words. It's in your action. That's embodiment. That's integrity. And the, the metaphysical visual of this is that, you know, that soul, that, that solar energy, that sun is your higher self. So when we say get into alignment with yourself, capital S self, not your little ego, wounded, yes. unhealed self, we're saying align with your soul so that that light can pour in, so that you're making way for the energy of the virtue to come into you, into your thoughts, mm. your words, your actions, and your deeds. And there's two ways to get into alignment. You have to do both. One is just want it. <laughs> just like, I want to be love. I want to be compassion. You know, I want to be alignment aligned. I want to be the light of life. Um, and then you do all the practices. This is why the habits, this is why we meditate. This is why we contemplate. This is why you do the walks. This is why you pray. This is why you eat clean. This year turn to elders. Yes. Value, values are more intellectual. And they're great. Use them. I would put values in a similar category as feelings. It's like they're really useful. They're part of the human experience. They tell you when you're on track, when you're off track. Values are part of your vision. You know, Proverbs, I forget the biblical chapter, but without vision, we perish. You got to have values. Please have values. Okay. But you think about your values. It's still an intellectual exercise. And what we really want is state of being. Yeah. Being. So let's do, okay. So if I value, and I know the book, this is why we all need the book, the book, because your book is going to go down this path. We're going to talk about embodiment, right? You're going to talk about some of this stuff in the book, right? You crack it open and you, you help yes. us with this, right? Okay. Yes. So, and we're going to go there in just a minute. So say freedom, freedom. So freedom for me is big, like feeling free. Like I said, to do work. I love the way I want with people that rock. I, I don't want to feel claustrophobic in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. So that is something I value then. Right. Mm -hmm. So I value freedom. So that would mean if I were to select and I could get this wrong, but maybe you can coach me here. So then a virtue that I would have. So if I value freedom, a virtue could be, um, like, which is really hard for me peace flow yeah. is that something like so where you want to freedom use, makes me feel finish freedom makes you feel what 
So is that what I'm trying to do? Like, what is the state of being that freedom makes me feel? When I am free, I feel like at ease. I feel in flow and I feel peaceful. Like I feel calmer, right? I guess I want the freedom so that I don't feel, I don't know. You know what I mean? Freedom Disruptive. Yeah. I I think the the useful question would be, how do you create the feeling of freedom, the Mm. experience of freedom for yourself in a virtuous way? So how do you use love to experience freedom? Because here, let's keep working with freedom. So um, you could do all these things in your life to feel free. You could break up with people. You could fire people. You could become really self-centered. But you feel free and you're getting what you want. You could be, you could have the experience of freedom through more loving means. You could embody love and be like, okay, how would love be free? And then whatever that works for you. Love would go on vacation. Love would have a four-hour work week. Love would have flexible contracts. Love would just have really clear, kind conversations that help you get free. I need to start this. I need to end the relationship, whatever. So, but, but values without virtue are bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. Like that's what I'm picking up. And you write, it sounds like the book's going to explore. There's seven virtues seven virtues. So it's almost like taking, so if I know I value freedom, that's great. But babe, how are you going to be about it? How are you going to be about it? I get, go do, but how are you going to be about it? So one of the virtues guys is divine love. The other compassion, the other for being forgiving, wisdom, loving kindness, resilience, and radiance. So in the book, we'll explore those, right? You'll take us down a journey. So it's like, okay, if I know I value freedom, how am I going to be about it through the divine love I show, right? Through the compassion I share, through the wisdom I seek, through the forgiveness I may need to have for myself and others, right? right? Like whatever that may be. Aha. So there's the click for me. There's the click. Um, Why this book and why now? Did you write this through the pandemic? Like did this Mm -hmm. sort of all happen in that dark night of the soul that we've all been through and maybe frankly are still kind of coming out of? Yeah, the collective dark night. Yeah. I think it's just begun, actually. (gasps) (laughs) Um, Here we go. Well, I think these circumstances, a lot of the circumstances aren't over. We're still reckoning with stuff that's gone on in the last two years. I don't think a lot of that stuff has come to light. I know I am. Um, It hasn't come to light on a geopolitical level. It hasn't come to light within each of us of like, shifts in relationships and an extra 15 pounds and I'm dealing with my wounded child and I'm, you know, so many stories of people moving into anxiety and panic because of the last couple years. And that's actually good news because the anxiety and the panic was underneath the surface and the world health situation just squeezed it out of everybody. So we either moved and we either cleaned up a lot of shit before 2020 and we were able to navigate um, or just brought it up for us. And there's more to come up so that we can really be radiant and heal. And all this stuff has got to happen. It's got to get a little bit uncomfortable so we can see what we really are. Not what we're made of and not how tough we are, but like. How loving we are, how we're so compassionate 
Oh my God. Humans are so beautiful. It has not been what I hear from everybody right now. Oh, the pandemic taught me about how beautiful we all are. You know, you hear that from some people, but that's what we're meant to like get. Yes. Where was I going with that? What was your question? Oh, well, we were just, we were just talking about the the seven virtues in the book and just, yeah, yeah, being like, you know, how do I want to be about it? Right. Like this notion of you can have all the values in the world, but it's a bunch of bullshit if you don't be about it. Right. Um, just cliff notes. If I were to write a cliff note on your book. Okay. So, but hold up. Can we talk about fear? Um, so you wrote something and I definitely want to talk about this. You wrote, don't try to life hack your way through fear because that only creates more fear. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Thank you for asking this. I've been wanting to have this particular conversation. I wrote a book called Fear is My Homeboy. So you know, we had to talk about this. Fear is your homeboy. That's good. Um, Well, what's your thesis on fear? I think we, oh my God, fear is my ride or die. It's my, it's my bestie. It's my homeboy. It is one of my dearest companions in life because I know it's either going to keep me real safe real safe, out of danger, right? Um, or or it's going to change my life um, in, in ways I, I can't even imagine. And I have so much living proof of that, right? Like throughout my life story, like when I open the door despite my fear, crazy shit has happened. And sometimes I open that door and I'm like, oh, damn, I didn't see that coming. Close the door, right? And then we just pit, you know, we make a move. I'm an improviser by trade. So we reset uh, and dance with failure, but I, it's ride or die, man. And Elizabeth Gilbert talks about it. And she says, you know, fear can ride shotgun, but may it never drive your car. So fear is always with me. I, so I love my, I love it. Butterflies mean breakthroughs. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of chase the butterflies. Mm. I'm a yes for all of that. I think yes. that's like a really healthy relationship with fear. But what I see a lot going on in the motivational culture is like, you got to overcome it, which is just about suppression. And when you suppress your fear, when you try and pep talk your fear, I don't think fear needs a pep talk, actually. I think fear needs to say, hey, I see you. Fear needs the medicine of like gentle, actually. Like, okay, you're here. Oh, I love that. I hear what you're saying. And we're going anyway. (laughs) Right? So it's like, we're, we're not just getting all soft and overprivileging that frantic part of ourselves or the, the small part of ourselves. You're going to say, okay, I'll, my, I'll let my life and my day stay small because you're feeling scared. No, 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 no. No, we're here to expand. So you be the mother of your life and you say, I heard you. I love you. You can show up as much as you want. You might come tomorrow. We're going to do the same thing. I'm going to grab the mic. I'm going to jump in the pool. I'm going to have the conversation. You can show up. I'm here because why? And then you can go meta with it because I'm eternal, because I am love itself, because life has me. The universe has been around forever. I'm taking you to work with me. Let's go. But we're still going. Mm, I love that. Let's go. Let's go. You know, mm-hmm. you know I think my background in the improv theater kind, kind of is, I always used to joke that improv um, was like fear yoga. It was like sort of where I went to That's run the, good. like, I should like, let me mark that down. I should copyright that. Trademark that. Trademark. Good. Fear yoga. Is fear yoga. Good. Like truly yeah. like yeah. it was me running the drills on stage, doing really weird, uncomfortable. I studied at Second City, all kinds of bizarre things. And the, you know, I'd get brave in the, on the stage and then I'd get brave in the boardroom back at work. Right. It just sort yeah. of bled over. So here's why I want to go with this thought. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it is reminding me um, that in times of insanity, so my 
relationship with fear, the fear yoga I trained um, in, in at Second City has sort of helped me realize that in times of chaos, in times of insanity, okay, yep, I cannot control what's going on around me, but I can control what's going on in me. I can control what I do next. It's sort of like a yes and moment. Like, yes, this bad thing is happening. Yes and, name of the podcast, right? Yes, this thing is happening. And here's what I'm going to do about it. Here's how I'm going to be about it. So you wrote this and I loved it so much that I had to bring it up. You wrote that we were taught to control our outer environment when what we should really do is get in touch with what's going on inside ourselves because all wars end within us. Mm -hmm. Full body chills. Talk to me about that. Mm -hmm. What, what do you mean by that? And how can we, how do we begin that process? Because it's true. It's that dark night of our own soul right? That sort of reckoning, right? Dorothy always had the key. She always had, all she needed to do was put on the ruby red slipper. She would have been there. But if she wouldn't have taken that trip down the yellow brick road, would she have, would she have learned? Like, would, would, would it have mattered? Would it have, like, what was the point of the journey without, you know what I mean? So we're all on a journey, but how, what does that mean? All war, in your perspective, all wars end with mm-hmm. us. If you are peaceful, you don't go picking a fight. Hmm. If you are, um, if you are kind and compassionate, loving towards yourself, you are going to be that to other people. And we go, you know, we, we get in these places where we think all the antagonism and the, and the fractiousness is happening out there and we're good. We got it together. We're politically clear. We know what it is like. This is not how quantum physics works. So I think if everybody focused on healing themselves, it sounds selfish. It's going to sound like a, you know, spiritual Mm. navel gazing, but when you really take care of yourself and you apply compassion and you accept your darkness and your greed and your manipulation and your hostility and your violence, all of those quote unquote negative characteristics, first of all, they start to chill out. They don't drive your life. Because you're being, you're being the source of love, right? And then you show up in the world differently. You think about like all world leaders did that, got some therapy, meditated, worked with their rage issues, worked to actually dissolve their, all their attachments to identity and these false associations to power. We would not have trigger happy cultures. We would have different relationship with all kinds of borders. Um, I mean, what we're living in is insanity. Just this is, this is madness. You know, it's just like driving home about an hour before we were to get on. I was just thinking about children and it's just like the safety and the nourishment of children is not number one on the political agenda globally. This is sickness. So, you know, part of like waking up is being courageous enough to see like what's actually going on. Where are the weeds in the garden? And this goes back to self. Like, where are you violent? It's so easy to point the finger and say, Mm -hmm. look at that tyrannical leader. Look at that maniacal whatever. Look at that policy that's oppressive. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You have tyranny and oppression and greed within you. 
deal with that. And that is going to change how you show up in your community, in the boardroom, everywhere, everywhere. That's, I don't know if it's, it's, it's revolution has a bit of a violent connotation to it, but that's the evolution. And, um, that's been my personal work over the last couple of years is really, should I really, I mean, I haven't really watched the news in like seven years, but should I be as disengaged from the so-called news as ever? Yep. Should I double down and focus on nourishing my nervous system? Yep. Should I try and create more peace and stillness and quiet and simplicity in my life while everything is just chaos out there and it's all falling apart? Yes. And this is what it means. I mean, we all hear this term in like personal development space, but like, this is what it means to be a light warrior be the antidote, be the opposite of the chaos. Everybody fighting, you find a way to just find the common ground. People can't sleep, then you work on your sleep hygiene. People breaking up with their families, ridiculousness, you find a way to just unify with all the fragments within yourself. It's like, go be about those virtues, right? Go be about the love, go be about the compassion, go be about the forgiveness. Yeah. Um, I keep this quote on my computer. I'm literally looking at, which is really cool because I'm looking at you and then I'm looking at this quote I look at every day and it says, energy follows thought, energy follows thought, energy follows thought. thought. (laughs) And And then you go, you think it and you will begin to feel it. You feel the energy of that thought. You will feel it and then you will begin to believe it. You believe it and then you will begin to see it. And so um, I think that's a beautiful reminder. And for me, um, you know, I think the work you do is so, it's so timely now, I think more than ever. Um, And I love the reframing of how do I want to feel now stepping into what do I want to embody? And it sounds like in this book, you are calling us to embody these seven different virtues. Now, the final question I have for you as it relates to this, do we, should we embody all seven virtues? Should we pick a virtue, start there? And then like, how do you suggest, and I know your book will go into it, but it's not out yet until October. So what is this slice? Like, are you asking us to embody all seven virtues to be this like, Enlightened virtue, again. yeah, enlightened, perfect <laughs> uh-huh. virtue. I'm trying to think of a, a play on virtues, but how does one begin the soul's journey of being in these virtues? Um, where do you suggest we start? Maybe with love, huh? Yeah, just be kind. Yeah, just be kind. One of the virtues out of the seven that how to be loving looks at is loving kindness. So we have divine love. That's the mama of all of it. Okay. Loving kindness is sort of like the sister, the beautiful sister of divine love. How Buddhists describe it is it's, it's um, unconditional friendliness. And that we have to practice unconditional wow. friendliness with ourselves. So it's like, I'm having a hard time and I wish I wasn't having a hard time and I should be more spiritual, more evolved, a better leader, whatever it is. Just be friendly with how hard it is right now, your own reaction to things. And on it goes, right? You'll be you'll be more gentle with the person next to you. I think just start with loving kindness. Love it, love it. Mm. Um, 
the name of this podcast is Yes And. Yeah. So right. <laughs> when very, I- Very Gemini. Yeah. I'm a Gemini. Did you know that? I did not know that. So am I. Oh, I knew that, but that's so cool. It is very Gemini's. And it's the first thing we learn in the improv theater, this notion of, you know, yes. Oh, yes. Right? And- like, yes, and, right? We, we yes. say yes to agree is how we perform without a script and then and to add something new. And it's interesting, the work I'm now doing and the, the brand I'm sort of now building is really going all in on the and because I think you could say yes in this life and still be sort of complacent, right? It's really the and that, you know, yes, I want to be more, more loving and practice loving. Yes, Danielle. Yes. I want to practice loving kindness and scene like it's over. So the, like you can literally, I that's the end that. of it. And is, up and is like, now what am is, I going to do yes. about it? Yes. Right. Yes. Okay, I'll so, tell you the end. Can I say something about the end? Oh, my this is okay. my question to you. Tell me what you think about those two words. Oh, well, I love them. It makes me think of two things. One is this parenting methodology. Um, Gabor Mate and Gordon Neufeld wrote this book called Hold On to Your Kids. And the, one of, the, one of the, the, the practices was when your child comes to you and says, like, I need a hug, you say, I have a hundred hugs. It's not just yes, it's and, mm. right? And one thing that I so love about my man who is so yes and, and I, I, you know, I'll say, can we snuggle tonight? And I'll be like, oh, right now, all night. Oh, like it's, it's an and guy. It's, he's an and guy. It's always like, yes, and I want to give you extra and I want to let you know how much I want to give it to you. And I see this with great communicators, you know, so great communicators are really, they're, they're heart-centered. They're in touch with their like intentions to be loving. And someone, you know, s- someone will need something. And there's always the end. It's like, when do you need it? How would you like it? I, I'm so, you know, the and people say, they don't just say, it was a really great night. They say, it was so great to see you because I felt so connected again. And you're just so lovely. It's the extra. And I think it's the and that really expands our consciousness. Yeah. I love it. It's the extra. And it's a it's a it's an expansive mindset. And uh I think that was really well said. I couldn't wait to hear what you had to say about those two words and how you felt they go together because it is true. We can say yes to a movement, um, a decision, a person. We can say yes to yes, I want to write the book. And but sing. are you gonna be it? Right. Like, yeah. but are you gonna be it? Right. Like, <laughs> yes, like that is it. What are you gonna be about it, babe? What are you gonna be about it? Right. And so um we're 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 really all about movement. And I am so glad you are someone out in the world that is moving and being and embodying and loving and showing us that it's all possible. So I thank you for that. Truly, um, it's been so so fun to watch you continue to evolve. I think you give myself and so many of us that follow your work. Um, the permission to do the same for ourselves and just mm-hmm. keep, keep doing it, keep showing up for it. How do we, your book comes out, this, this'll, this'll air in the book launch month. So October, we can go get it on all the things. Where do you want people to go? Obviously your website is stunning. If you haven't been to daniellelaporte.com, babe, go there, look at what she's up to, get yourself, um, get yourself, you know, connected to the work she's doing, her community. So I'll link up anything else we should know. Do you hang out on social media? Do you have people do that for you? Where are you at? Where are you at? And where can we find you? Oh my God. We have to podcast every week, you and I. Um, (laughs) 
This is what I would love people to do. So on Sunday, October 16th, mm. we're doing an online event called Church with D. It's two hours, drop in for the sacred. Leanne Rhymes is going to open up. Beautiful chorus is going to sing. Reverend Michael Beckwith is going to do a blessing. And I'm going to talk about our divine identity. And the donation ticket to getting into church is to purchase two books. And the idea is like, this is all about, I mean, of course, we want to move a gazillion books, but you and a friend, you and a friend. It's always, you know, we we operate on a yes and. So yeah. books wherever you like to purchase books, come to my site, daniellelaporte.com slash how to be loving. Let us know you got the book. And you're also getting, I'm doing this, um, it's called Loving Reminders, where every Sunday for a year, I just send you like a one minute, two minute little Danielleism, just keep your heart centered. Yeah. I love those Danielleisms. Your podcast and your podcast. My goodness, you know, oh, guys, yeah. if you're if you, and what I love about your show, and sometimes she'll have longer, but I mean, these sometimes are ten minute, yep. fifteen minute little hits, yep. right? Just what you need. And I love starting my mornings and my walks, or you know, maybe I'll before I write in my journal, I'll have you in my ear on the way to the the place I go write, and you know, just the really beautiful reframings, um, little little micro moments of, um, you know, magic, <laughs> the warm blanket. So yeah, we'll send people to your podcast as well. And what a beautiful event. Look at you. I'm so, I'm so proud of everything you're doing. Not that you need my endorsement by any means, but I'm just so proud. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just love yeah. watching you grow and, um, my goodness, thank you for this work in the world. And, um, thank you for being a yes and person human and, um, reminding us all it's possible. Mm, thank you for this great energy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a yes and I'm an and. Yeah. Thanks. Yes, you are my Gemini sister. <laughs> okay, y'all. I mean, can you can you even with her? I love her voice. So calm, so grounding. And my big takeaway was that a virtue is a state of being, and that really aligns with and. Like, yes, I want to do this thing, and. What are you going to do about it? And in the world of virtues and what we want to embody, it's okay. Yes, you want to be more loving. Yes, you want to be more forgiving. Pick a virtue. So what are you going to be about it? So go be about it, right? It is the doing. It is the and. So my big takeaway is that virtues are a state of being or in our terms, a state of anding. I don't know. What about you? What was your big aha moment or biggest takeaway? I hope you loved the show as much as I loved making it for you. Talk to me on Instagram. Send me a DM. Let me know what you think about the show. I love hearing from you. Also, you can go old school. Email me anytime at hello at judyholler.com. Uh, I love your show ideas, feedback, and inspiration. Thank you for listening, sharing, reviewing. Remember, I'm picking two reviews every month, so screenshot it. Email it to us at hello at judyholler.com, and I'm going to send two of you Every month, two reviews, every month, a collection of my favorite AdvoCare products. So until we meet again, you better, you better keep kicking open those doors and go be about it, baby. One and at a time. See you next week. <laughs>